Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. We've been on the subject of life insurance the last few podcasts. I'm going to continue that message today in relation to different ways to use life insurance. Now, many people think of life insurance as final expense, uh, burial costs, funeral home costs, that type of thing. But there are literally hundreds of ways to leverage life insurance to make a particular situation better or manageable. The situation I want to talk about today is buy and sell agreements. So let me give you a, a few situations. So if you're in business with someone, okay, let's say you are part owner of a, a, a store. Um, maybe you are a farmer and you're in business with family members. Uh, maybe you're one of the, let's say there's four children uh, in a family. Let's say two of the children are actually farming. Two of the children are not. Okay, that situation is unique. Uh, maybe a, a law firm, an advisory firm, a CPA firm, uh, you know, a clothing store, a body shop. There, I don't care how many different situations you could put into it. If there is a partnership, okay, where there are part owners of a business, it becomes a a kind of a dicey, tricky situation. When one of the owners passes away, now I want you—you you, got to—you got to think deep into this. So let's say that you're 50% owner of a business. Uh, maybe you and your brother, or you and your sister, uh, are in a business together. Maybe, maybe you and a parent, and you're 50-50 owners, 50%, 50%. Okay, we'll just make it easy. We'll talk about two owners in, in, in this scenario. What happens when one of the owners dies? What happens to their part of the business? Now, you've got to think about this. Is it fair that the other owner just take over 100% of the business with no financial uh, um, responsibility to the heirs or beneficiaries of the deceased owner? Now, it sounds like such a simple thing that people are like, well, you know, all those are, you know, I went to my attorney. We've got all that figured out. Listen. I've been doing this for 25 years uh, as a financial planner, and I run across people every day that have been in business for 20 and 30 years and have absolutely nothing in place to handle the business when they are deceased. Sometimes it's a sole proprietorship. They got, you know, maybe got a son working there. Um, I'm telling you, you can't, you can't put all this in one box and say everything is exactly the same. What I'm saying is you've got to, you got to step outside of the box and figure out how to handle this. So let's go back to the scenario. 50-50 owner. Okay, maybe two brothers own a business. Uh, let's, in this scenario, let's say it's a, a, a body shop. So one brother passes away. Alright, one brother passes away. It really depends on what type of business entity it is. Is it an LLC? Is it a corporation? Okay, is it a true partnership? It really kind of depends. Uh, and the... And the it, it, well, it really doesn't depend uh, because we're still in a situation of 
what happens to that brother's, that owner's share of the business? Because there are different ways to handle it. Like I said, LLC, uh, uh, limited uh, partnership, uh, corporation. But we're still looking at liquidity. All right. So let's say the surviving spouse of the deceased brother steps forward and says, you know, I really don't want to run my part of the business. And it probably wouldn't be fair to the surviving brother. You know, the two brothers were working, you know, uh, 8, 10, 12 hours a day to build this business. It's making a lot of money. And all of a sudden, one brother dies. And now that brother, the surviving brother, has to pay 50% of the profits to the surviving spouse of his deceased brother when she hasn't stepped foot in the shop in years. So now he's doing 100% of the work and taking 50% of the pay. Right? You with me? Is it starting to make sense yet? So what do you do in that situation? Well, the surviving brother doesn't want to be in does not want to be in business with his sister-in-law. And he definitely doesn't want to to pay out 50% of the profits that he has generated 100% by himself. So what's the fix? I would say buy sell agreement in place before before something happens is probably the answer. Now there's a couple different uh, um, or understanding of buy and sell agreement. For one, there's a cross purchase agreement um, that basically says the remaining owners purchase the shares of business that are for sale. Okay, and a redemption agreement is the business entity buys the shares of the business. But where do we come from? The where do the funds come from to buy the partner out? Well, some people may say, well, the business has enough cash on hand. But that's that's still your 50% of that. It's not 100%. 50% of that is the surviving partner's liquidity to buy the other beneficiary out. Maybe spouse or children. Okay? We're, and it may deplete the liquidity of the business. And it's probably not a good business decision. Where do the funds come from? Where do the funds come from to buy your sister-in-law out, to buy your uh, uh, nieces and nephews out. Where does the funds come from? The answer, the answer can be life insurance. Okay? This is actually a very simple fix and something that, that we have done many, many times uh, over the years. So what, what happens is, it, it, <clears throat> each brother takes out a life insurance policy on the other. Okay? So, one brother owns a policy on the other brother and is the beneficiary of that policy and vice versa. Now, <clears throat> here's where it, it gets a little tricky. So even though it's business related, the premiums are not tax deductible. <clears throat> if somehow your CPA figures out how to make the premiums tax deductible, you stand the chance of making the, the death benefit taxable. You've got to be careful. Okay. It should just be a, a business uh, expense that you're not going to be able to write off. Uh, th that's my opinion. Valuation is the criteria that makes this a little tricky. <clears throat> okay? Because the valuation is going to have to be in place. And, and it, it really can't change um, you know, after the death. So let's say uh, the two brothers agree... That if one brother predeceases the other, <clears throat> that that piece of the business is worth a million dollars. 
So what happens is this. <clears throat> the surviving brother who owned the policy, life insurance policy, on the deceased brother files a claim, gets the million dollars of life insurance because you took out a million dollar life insurance policy because that's what we said. That it's, worth a, it's a $2 million business, half of it's a million. So the surviving brother gets a million dollars of death benefit. Now, what does that surviving brother do? He pays it to his sister-in-law. Or he pays it to the the uh, surviving family members. That is the buy-sell agreement. Okay? <clears throat> the difference is we took a few dollars to buy a lot of dollars. All right? Rather than the surviving brother going into his own personal bank account to come up with a million dollars to buy his sister-in-law out, he now has used life insurance to do that. It's much a much cheaper way to generate the income or to generate the funds, uh, availability of the funds to buy out the business. Now the surviving brother now owns 100% of the business. The, the, the spouse or the family members of the deceased brother just got a million dollar paycheck to sell out their dad's or their husband's uh, part of the business and everyone's happy. The only time I see this get into trouble <clears throat> is if the buy and sell agreement is old. All right. What I mean is we may have uh, valued the business at $2 million in 1985, but now let's say it's $6 million. You've got to adjust that accordingly because there may be some unhappy people only getting a million dollars when they should have gotten $3 million based on the valuation of the, the business. Now, let's use farmers because this, this is where I have really seen it uh, to be applicable. So let's say there are three children in a farming family. Okay, and I don't want to sound chauvinistic or uh, uh, sexist. I'm just, I'm just, let's just make a point here. Let's say there's one, one son and two daughters. Let's say all three are adults and the two daughters married and do not participate in the farm. <clears throat> the son decided that he wanted to, to carry on the family legacy and is actually <clears throat> farming. All right, so he's doing 100% of the work. Now, <clears throat> the problem comes into play when mom and dad are gone all right so now the, the if, if there's poor planning the mom and dad said each child gets 33.13 percent or 33 and a third percent of the farm so now the son who is doing 100 percent of the work is splitting the profits with two sisters that are not participating in the farm that are not helping they're not doing anything they 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 have their own life they have their own jobs. They have their own families. So the son is getting one-third of everything, even though he's generating 100% of the profits. It is a problem. Okay? I've seen it time and time and time again. Sometimes the, the mom and dad said, well, you know, we've got a, a couple hundred thousand dollars life insurance policies. We're going to give that to the girls and the boy gets a farm. Well, if you're the, the surviving daughters, you're going to, you may say, wait a minute, this farm is worth three or four million dollars because... The price of ground is now worth, you know, ten or twelve thousand dollars an acre. We're really getting a short end of the stick. This isn't fair. It creates problems because I'm telling you, death and money they go hand in hand, um, especially when it's business owners or farmers. 
And it's it's very seldom do I ever see an equal distribution at death. A buy-sell agreement is a perfect way to handle that situation. To handle that situation. Um, but you, you got to get it before it's too late. All right? Sometimes what we see is that, that we put... Uh, life insurance on uh, the mom and the dad. Maybe a second to die type of, of policy. Because mom's still in charge of the farm even though the husband's gone. Okay, that's, that's, that's pretty standard around here. Uh, still calling the shots, right? But a second to die life insurance contract would, would make a, a, available a, a lump sum to where the, the son could buy out the sister's. On a predetermined price for the farm. Okay. There are many ways to use life insurance. And what we're talking about today is the buy-sell agreement. And each situation is different. I would not. I would not just kind of haphazardly set up a buy-sell agreement. Okay. You need an attorney involved. You need a really good financial advisor. Financial planner involved. To figure out how to solve this issue. Because you may be in denial. And say it's not an issue, you know, our families get along, everything's all right. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a problem. I have not not seen it be a problem. It may not be the surviving uh, sister-in-law. It may be a child, all right? It might be a niece and nephew that steps up and says, Hey, Mom, you know, you just got half a million dollars on this business, and I know Dad just told me that business is worth $8 million. You got ripped, all right? That's how it happens. That's where it starts. But if there is a legal agreement in place, a cross-purchase agreement, a redemption agreement in place, it prevents any type of, of, for the most part, prevents any type of of the surviving family members coming back and saying, hey, you owe us more money, right? For dad's half or grandpa's half or mom's half or my brother's half, whatever it may be. It is a wonderful tool to use in those particular situations. Okay? So, I know it's a little scary because some of this is, I mean, this is not just your cookie cutter type of planning. But it's something that has been done thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times. Okay? Life insurance companies uh, are, are very well versed in it. Uh, sometimes we'll we'll look at an irrevocable life insurance trust uh, to be involved in this process, but have a really good, knowledgeable advisor guiding you through this process. It'll prevent problems in the future. Maybe not every problem, but it'll prevent a big problem in regards to who gets what when there is a jointly owned farm or business. Listen, if you have questions. KingdomPlanAdvisory.com. You're free to give me a call at 888-226-7614. Be happy to to review your your particular situation and kind of give you some some of my my input. But you cannot do this. You cannot do this with at least an advisor, financial advisor, and an attorney. You can't. You can't. But I'm telling you right now, it's a lot worse if you don't do something. So I hope this information uh, sparks some interest. I know uh, out of the people that are listening to this, uh, you know, it, it may not apply to you. This is really for those people that that are in a business with somebody else, 
or maybe possibly considering going into business with someone else or maybe is in a farm family uh, corporation type of thing um, it, it, I'm telling you it, I've seen both sides of, of, of the good and the bad of having one of these in place either a, a cross purchase or a redemption agreement in place and not having one in place and it's night and day listen once again kingdomplanadvisory.com 888-226-7614 God bless you Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.